to The Hammer, the podcast that hammers down on the issues that matter. I'm your host, Mary-Kate Feeney, and I'm here to bring you thought-provoking discussions and compelling stories from the heart of our community, Framingham. Each episode, we'll explore the incredible individuals and organizations making a real impact and shedding light on the pressing challenges we face. So grab a seat, tune in, and get ready to be informed and empowered. Let's start the conversation. Here is our first guest, Judy Grove. I am so happy that you're with us, Judy. Judy is a longtime community activist and worked to improve recreational opportunities for those living in Framingham's environmental justice neighborhoods. She helped efforts to build our first skate park, the redesign of Mary Denison Park, and improvements to Cedar Swamp. She's a former town meeting member and District 8 counselor. Today, she's a member of the Community Preservation Committee. Welcome, Judy. Thank you, Mary-Kate. So let's just start right off. What is the Community Preservation Act? The Community Preservation Act is an act in Massachusetts actually related to the Department of Revenue. We pay funds for deeds and for acquiring land, and the state decided to set up this act and return some of the funds to the communities. It has been over 20 years, but Framium was late coming to the game in the beginning More of the wealthy communities did it because you're adding a tax to your residents. You could choose from 1% to 3% tax on your property taxes. In those days, they matched the money 100%. So we finally, we tried to do it a while ago and it failed um, miserably. So finally, in 2021, we passed it and it passed overwhelmingly. But we made the decision we would only have a tax of 1%. So if you think your property's worth about $600,000, we give a $100,000 deduction, and then we tax the 1%. So the average tax is about $65 a year per per household. household. Wow. Also, the commercial base does pay a tax on it. Mm -hmm. So then that funds can be used for very specific purposes, is listed in the Act itself. And what are those purposes? Well, there's actually four areas. One of them is historic resources, and we had three projects in that area this year. And that includes buildings, real property, um, everything that's attached, mm-hmm. vessels, documents. and But in that, you cannot, say, restore or or copy documents. You can only restore them. So that was an interesting thing to learn. You could not make a video because that's something new. It's not historic. Oh, that's interesting. So you couldn't digitalize documents. No, you can't digitize documents. In fact, one of the first people who came to us was was Lisa Ferguson. She said, we have a vault full of documents. They're they're crumbling. Um, To restore them is extremely expensive, but we couldn't just digitize them. And we can't make signs, which surprised me, because they're new. Mm-hmm. We can restore things. So this year, we're, we're doing the roof on the tomb building in the cemetery. We're doing access at the academy and repairing walls in the library. And um, they will continue with those projects. These are the first phases. We expect each year that they'll be asking for the next step. Some of the projects are in the design phase, 
Mm-hmm. And then it'll be a while before we'll do the next step. So that's historic resources. Open space is really crucial to communities. Um, and for us this year, we had a, the surprise that there's a piece of land that's been privately owned in South Framingham that has granite ledges, beautiful mature trees, and has Beaver Dam Brook. Well, the question is buying it, mm-hmm. and that's a big one because you, you generally need a great deal of money for that. Well, the complication there that we, we had a real lesson on was that the land is in three towns. It's in Framingham, Sherburn, and Ashland. We can only buy the Framingham portion. So we're, we're now we passed it, but now we're working with the other towns to get the funding so um, we had it appraised. We also have to have an environmental study down. It's near the railroads. And so we figured out with the help of our economic development, Mr. Sarkis Sarkisian, that we could get a, an MVP grant, Municipal Vulnerability, Vulnerability Protection Grant, and the other towns could apply. So we're waiting to hear on that. Yeah, and that's the Guild Street property. That's Guild Street. Yeah. yeah, right off of Hollis Street. Who knew it was there? It is private. Yeah. If you go in there, you'll see that people have certainly been in there. Yeah, I mean, I, I took a tour of that a couple of months mm-hmm. ago with uh, Ron Chick, and it's gorgeous. Yeah. And it's, so it's much potential, especially for rail trails. And, that's the yeah. biggest part of it. It can connect us all the way to Florida, mm-hmm. you know, so, so that's a value. The issue, I think, um, you had wondered, who can apply the right. applicant was actually a private um, citizen of Framingham, Ron Chick, mm-hmm. who found out about it and brought it. I, I only live 10 minutes from there, and I didn't know about the property. It's private. You wouldn't go in there. So he brought it, and then he he had to work with economic development. Mr. Sarkisian's been a big help with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's outdoor recreation. That's an obvious one. Everybody right. can think of projects in, in that area. So a big applicant for that was the Parks Department. Right. Um, And that's another thing we have to think about. Are we going to take on capital projects that are in their budget? Are are these going to be separate from that? But we had quite a few interesting proposals there, and probably one of the most is putting a handicap-accessible dock at Lake Washakam. And people ask what, what we mean by that. There's a video about it. This dock is capable of lifting a person out of their wheelchair. First of all, their boat, their kayak or canoe into the water, and then the person. And Lake Washakam is perfect for that kind of recreational activity. It's a very calm body of water. It's, it's not very large. Um, and the access from the street to the lake is easy. There's a small path. Right. So you have to consider when, when things are brought in. And when they came in with it, they weren't asking for a great deal of money, and we found out that the, the dock has to be anchored to the beach, and they didn't have funds for that. It's called a bulkhead. So we added the money for that, and we also added funding because we know they're going to have to do permitting. That lake has rare sedge plant that people were told we have to be careful about. So we gave them extra money for that too. I think the big thing about these projects, especially about the Washakam project, is that that's another example of some private citizens with the Disability Commission, yeah. Parks and Rec coming together to seeing for something that we may not and may not be on the top of the need list, but it's a, 
a, a want and it's a benefit to the community. And so CPA funds allow us to do projects that are out of that 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 are really interesting and thinking out of the box. You brought up a, an interesting point. Um, it's disability. So when we're deciding on a project, we rate them. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it would fill a disability need gives them a good position. Mm-hmm. Right now, we didn't have an overwhelming number of projects to look at, but in the future, we will. So some projects are not going to get funded. And this year, um, some projects didn't get funded for different reasons. But this one came to the front because of what it was capable of doing for uh, for that need. And that brings us to the Getchell Trail. Mm-hmm. Um, that proposal, again, was a private citizen, Ron Chick. And he realized that the top of the trail, the North Trail, is very level. And he, he thought about the fact that it could become handicap accessible. So he came to us many times. First, the proposal was for a boardwalk, but that only brought you in about 300 feet. Then somebody said to him, you know, the path path can just be gravel. There's a handicap accessible type that can be used there. Then you can bring it in further. So it ended up instead of 300 feet, 1,400 feet. And then some platforms along the river because, of course, that's the Sudbury River, one of our values. That brings me back to what the CPA had to do. When we formed it and formed the committee, we had to write a plan And we had to have our resources listed, our goals and our needs. That's part of the rules of this ordinance. So on open space and recreation, I worked on those. Um, That's what I saw, that you, you had to say what the value was. Well, I was really impressed with what Framium has to offer in open space. Mm -hmm. We have a river. That's a national river, the Sudbury River. There's an oxbow there. And that's accessible from that trail. You can see it. Um, we have great ponds. We have Lake Washakum. We have Learned Pond. We have Lake Kachituit. We have the reservoirs. We have walking trails. We have the Parks Department has provided us with excellent parks, Bowditch, Cushing Park. So that was really fun to actually review all that Framium had. And then what I did is when I was writing it, I looked at the other cities and I was very impressed with Gloucester. Gloucester has a lot of natural resources, and they have an ocean. Mm-hmm. We don't have an ocean. That's the one thing that's missing. <laughs> yeah. But Watertown, we're 26 square miles. Watertown is four square miles. What do they do? They've been doing it for years, and they do projects, but they don't have as many options as we have. So we we have all four areas are kind of an open book for us, mm-hmm. and so people can come up with wonderful ideas. And this year— we had a public hearing because every year you have to update your plan. Right. Um, and then community housing. That's our, our last area. No projects from Framingham this year. We had a proposal that wasn't going to work. We have rules of what's allowed and what isn't. But community housing, the definition is for moderate um, and low-income individuals, families, and seniors. A big concern for us is the seniors. We're hearing all the time that seniors can't afford their property taxes. They can't afford to stay in their homes. Um, and last night at our hearing, we were very pleased that a person came. He's from um, Jewish Family Services, but he came to talk about shared housing. 
and you probably heard about the senior center is working with it too, where a homeowner can have a family or an individual move in with them, and that will help to pay their property taxes. But you need an organization, you need people to monitor it. He said they have volunteers who come in to help the, the, the two work together to figure out the finances. The person living there doesn't pay directly to the owner. It goes through this service. So he's just beginning to talk about that, but we've already been talking about it at the senior center. So that was a good proposal. And that's something that would qualify for these funds? They don't have to be new building projects or... Yes, that's a, it was an interesting thing for us to find out. We thought it was about building housing. Mm-hmm. Recently in the WBUR and in the Globe, there were articles about the fact that the Community Preservation Act in different communities is not spending that money. The way it's set up is that every year you get a certain amount of funding, the property taxes and the match from the state. Last year it was 35%. As I said originally, it was up to 100%. So the first year we got a certain amount of money. We didn't have any projects in the very beginning. We now have $4.7 million ready to spend. Um, So the question is what to do about housing. You know how built up Framingham already is. Right. Well, it turns out you can use the funding to help people pay their first month's rent, their last month's rent, a down payment on a house. You can help people in, in many different ways. We can help to improve housing. We can only improve housing that was purchased with CPA funding. So this is a program that would need some funding, and we, we are capable of doing that. So that, that was really good news to us, that there is another way to help people with the housing issue. Yeah, that's fascinating because I never would have thought that you could send up, set up a program about helping people with rent. Um, I really just thought it was about building or rehabilitating buildings that were bought by the city um, for affordable housing. So as you said last year, and you listed these different projects um, that you went through, having gone through all of that, what is the CPC doing differently this year? We, we have an eligibility form, and the eligibility form asks some basic questions. One of the things we learned last year is people had projects on land they didn't own, and they hadn't talked to the owner. And so now the eligibility form is very specific. For instance, the um, property at Washakum is Parks Department property, and they, they did work with them from, from the beginning. But the property up on the Getchell Trail, that's conservation land. Mm-hmm. Conservation has a lot of regulations for good reason. And they, they didn't in the beginning, even know about it. Well, that became rather contentious because the committee then was very worried about what would happen to the, the native plants, that the, the trail would be overused. Um, and so there were meetings with, with that commission. And then the public, and I believe you even spoke. I did. There I was did. a hearing in, on, on Zoom. And what we, we said was, we have to balance the concerns with the need and the value. That trail has schools on it, Stapleton and Cameron. Mm-hmm. 
It can be an outdoor classroom. So that got broader. We brought in um, what they're doing with um, other organizations with trails. In this work, we realize, to get back to your question, that the applicant has to work with a sponsor. They can't just be out there on their own. It's very wise of them to speak to the people who own the property before they get involved. It can be private property, too, but they have to show it has to be accessible, and they have to show the good that it gives to the community. So one of our questions on the eligibility form is, what benefit is it going to bring to the community? What can they list? Now, one of the projects that was turned down was a million-dollar project on the north side, and it was um, Nixon Road. Oh, right. Yes. yes. So we were, we were unanimous on it. It would have been very not accessible to people, the, the location and the steepness of the hill. Um, and then in terms of valuation, why a million dollars? They want a million-dollar conservation restriction. Well— the interesting thing is they do it by buildable lots. When they looked at the at the Guild property, only two houses could be built or two-family because it's wetland. Right. So that's how the appraisal was done. It surprised us when they first said it was only worth $115,000, but it was basically because of that. Right. So you have to do the same thing with the Nixon property. What's What value is it if it were sold? Is it a million dollars? But also, there would be no parking. How would you access it? Right. And so the preservation or any of these projects has to have an active use. There's no yeah, passive it can't, use to well, it. Well, you can, it can be passive, but it has, to, it has to serve enough of the public right. to make it useful. It certainly wouldn't serve the, the handicapped in any way. But, right. Um, and, and I think that's one of the great things about these projects is the accessibility. Like we've talked about the Getchell Trail, Washakum. Is you know I, I'm very um, active with a group, um, uh, unpaved trails for all, and they oh, have yeah. a bill in the legislature right now about looking at Massachusetts trails and um, how to make them more accessible. Massachusetts has miles and miles of yeah. trails, and only seven miles are actually known to be accessible. Really? Yes, in the state park system. Oh, wow. And so this would set up a committee to analyze all of the trails and to come up with a plan to make them accessible and to allot the budget money. So I almost feel here in Framingham that we're already trying to do that with our own properties. Uh, And I would love to see more of that moving forward with the – I think that's the great part about the CPC. What are you looking for this year? What would you like to see? I mean, accessibility, well, of course, but what would you like to see? The housing's our main one yeah, because we haven't done anything on it. Um, and as I said, the Globe had an article, and they had a really negative comment to make that many of the CPCs take their money to buy open space to protect it mm-hmm. so it doesn't become housing. Right. So they're doing the opposite of what the goal is, and we certainly aren't doing that. But we already do a lot, and I think we have to, you know, congratulate ourselves for that. We have a lot of housing, um, and we're worried about all the apartments that are being built now. So I think the main thing, and we're glad for the people who came last night, there was another man who came who's, who's been working with Elliot at, at our planning department, explaining the need, you know, for low-income in, residents. 
Um, so that's going to be a big focus for us. The other thing that will happen is the projects that have already come to us were designs. Now they're going to need funding to actually get the project done. The last thing we want to do is approve a project that never happens. That would be tragic to, to waste money that way. So we have to look into the people who are doing it into what they say their next step is. So, for instance, the History Center had three projects. Much of that is the roof repair is straightforward, but a lot needs to be done to the academy building. One of the fun things for me, I said, I've never been in that building. And I saw how you can't get in it if you're handicapped. You know, it's that big step up. But what, what really struck me was the treasures that are stored there. The basement is full of wonderful paintings and, and school desks and just fun stuff. So um, then we connect that to the, the library, to the um, center itself. The walls are crumbling, so they will be repaired. But the floor also needs to be repaired. Once that's done, they're going to need funds to start to bring the treasures back in. So they will be coming back to us. But history stands alone, and I mean housing stands alone in, in needing our attention. But then in terms of projects... We said to people at the meeting last night that we want new ideas on what you can do. You know, we, we already saw that we're renovating our parks. That's great. But where are the ideas on something more original to do? So I, I went to um, this, the community site, and I found what other towns are doing. And that's a big resource for us. Always looking at everyone else. What's Halston doing? What's Ashland doing? Right. And as I said, I've been very impressed with um, Gloucester and Waltham. So I looked on what they call success stories, things that they did that were really good for the community. And one of them was taking an old um, senior center. They were building a new senior center and making the old one into housing for seniors. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. You know, so so do we have any buildings that are not going to be used any longer? So last night I asked the gentleman from Jewish Family Services, um, what do you think? Are there any buildings around Framingham? And, and we came down to the courthouse. It's going to now be in our Danforth. Right. Well, that's a big building. It's got two acres of land. What could be done there? His thinking was, though, that it would probably be torn down. I don't know if that's the case. It does have an elevator. But that would seem like a good place for senior housing. Right, and it's right next to the housing authority, yeah, authority. the muster field. Yeah. Um, I do know that that building is falling down. Yeah. So, oh, is it? Yeah, there's some story about, like, there's a hole in the back or yeah. I don't know. But there's definitely a reason why the state wants to move it and, and oh, rehab. They need to. Good yeah, for us. They need to. It, right. Yeah. And so Framingham is supposed to get, last I heard, that property. Oh, we are getting. I, I believe that, that is part of the deal. Oh, good. So, I mean, that is that's a possibility. Well, another one he brought up was the old your school, Marion High School. Oh, that's not my school, but no, yes. Well, <laughs> um, that you know, that's a good piece. It's in the downtown. Yep. There's the rec well, the convent there too. So I don't know about that, but mm -hmm. but people have to be thinking along those lines. But um, when I looked at other communities. I looked at um, Acton, and they had a design and construction of a recreation area 
at a low-income housing development owned by the Acton Community Housing Corporation. We can work with organizations, which surprises me. Um, picnic pavilions, new playgrounds. We, we, have, we have good playgrounds. I, I think we're, we've covered that. Um, the Discovery Museum, two outdoor activity areas, fully accessible playgrounds, bike racks at rec locations. There are going to be bike racks at the Getchell Trail both ends. So if you bike there, you can then walk. We don't want people biking on those trails. They're too narrow. Well, yeah, as a cyclist, I would never go yeah. down the Getchell. And there's been a lot of biking in the Gill property. In fact, dirt yes. biking and lots of ruts made in the land. Um, spray parks now. You know, Pat Dunn, he's always... He's been such an advocate. He helped to get the Community Preservation Act passed. Yes. And he's very aware of Waltham. They have 13 of them, he said. So we have one up at this housing, um, but it, there's a plan for it at Mary Dennison. There's going to be a spray park. Yeah, that's going to be great when Mary Dennison, mm. when we get yeah. there. Yeah. Um, let me ask, you know, you talk about these different projects and you're talking about different organizations. If I am a re- well, I am a resident, but if a regular resident wants has an idea, how should they go about presenting their idea to the CPC? How does an organization? Who do they need to get to sponsor? They have to have a sponsor. That's the main thing. So who's this? Like who so, defines as the sponsor? So almost anyone can be a sponsor. It can be private um, organization. You know, it it could be Habitat for Humanity in terms of. Homes. So you find the person who has an interest in that. Now, last night, we had a proposal for girls softball from a parent. His daughter, his sons were athletes, and we have wonderful facilities for boys, and we can have championship games from the region in Framingham. But he said girls softball has is a different field. It's a different size, and there's a mound are you a softball player? <laughs> uh, I, I played softball very briefly in high school, yes, but I do know this. So he talked about Walsh, and he talked about the. you need a facility that has restrooms, it's big enough, you have parking, and that's a possibility. And he said, according to Title IX, we should, and he said he didn't want to emphasize Title IX, but he should, because part of CPA is making sure we're meeting the needs of the community, of everybody in the community. So he talked about it, and we went back and forth. Who is he working with? Well, he's, it's the school's property. I thought maybe it was Park's property. It isn't. So he has to work with the schools. There's no point in coming to us until that individual has worked with— it's always land is involved, whoever has control of it, and, and then getting support from other people as well. So Probably. So it doesn't have to be, so the sponsor doesn't have to be someone in the government. No. But it ha- definitely has to be whoever owns the land. Uh, they have to sign off on it. We In the eligibility form, if they don't have that, they're not going any further. How are you working to encourage more residents throughout the entire community to apply, think of yeah. projects and apply? Um, that's one reason we're doing the interview we need more people to know about it. Of course, people knew about it because it was a ballot question. They right. voted for it. So hopefully they have some idea. Um, but we did the public meeting, and we had it on the city website. We have to do more, I think, on Facebook. We need people to, to hear more about it. So if people would like members of the committee to come and speak to their organizations, their churches, I think churches are a good place to hear about it. We're open to that. 
We do need to get the word out. That's part of our mandate is to get feedback from the community. And we did get some last night, um, and people were on um, online, but not as much as I would like to have seen. And so, you have an open period till June 30th for public comment, right? Yeah. And we can always take public comment. And we we did that because we have to update our plan. So we need some guidance on that. That's required for us to do. But we're always willing to, to talk to people. What are the deadlines to apply? The, the application for the eligibility is, um, let me see here. That, that is June 30th. The, uh, when it, um, it's available. The deadline's August 15th. The full application deadline is October 15th. So someone has to submit an initial application yeah. by August 15th. 15th. And what we're saying is don't wait till August 14th for a good reason. If you submit an application and you don't qualify, you've missed something. We could tell you that and have you redo your application so it does qualify. So it's in your best interest to get the application in early. And so then once you get through that? Then it's the full application, which is very detailed. We want to know what it's going to cost. We want to know if you've got anyone else helping with the funding. If you're doing historic preservation, you need to follow state rules on that. You can't just do what you want. So that application is much more detailed, but not as detailed as we did last year. We felt we really asked too many questions. We're going to be a little easier on it, and we're there to advise people. After that deadline of October 15th, from October to December, we interview people. We, we have you come to us and explain your project. We can make suggestions then for things that you have to do. So that's until December. And then we have to present it. They, make present, they actually make presentations to us in January. In February, we have a public meeting in which we go over all the projects. We did that, and we tell you what our decisions were. And then we make recommendations to the city council in March. Now the question is, what's the city council's role? They can approve our project as it is. They can deny the project, but they can't um, really do anything with the amount of funding for the project. Um, so they, they have that role. And I think we felt very good... We voted unanimously for each project, and the city council did as well. There were no glitches. There was no, wait a minute, what are you doing here? This doesn't make sense. So that's a, a success for us, that we had vetted things so carefully. It's important for people to know, too, that you are accessible. You want to hear oh, about yeah. projects. You're there as a resource to help people put this together and to be successful, because ultimately that that's what you want is to add to this community and have successful projects. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're there for. And we, we do feel a real, real responsibility since it's the taxpayer's money. We want them to see it. We're, we're looking forward to the day we can put a sign up that says, brought to you by the Framingham CPA. So, Judy, this has been fabulous. Um, and I encourage anyone who has a project idea to please reach out to the CPC. They do want to hear from you. Um so but even if they don't have an idea, if they have a need, you know, they really need help with their housing. They don't know what to do about it. Just to let us know that that's the concern. Um, 
And and that's what happened this year. We heard from people, and we, we really appreciated that. Great. All right. Well, as we're wrapping up the interview, um, we're going to have a new segment. Well, this is the first podcast, but I have uh, four rapid-fire questions. This is how I'm going to end all the podcast interviews. So here we go. Framingham is? Framingham is a diverse city with lots of resources. Framingham needs? Framingham needs more accessibility for people, and it, it needs help with our housing issues. What is your favorite place in Framingham? The skate park. <laughs> have you been skating yet? No. <laughs> I, I have two skateboards in my basement. I've not stood on anything yet. Well, we're going to change that this year. Okay, last question. Framingham is known for its love of pizza and is home to many different styles and loyal followings. What is your favorite pizza in Framingham? My pizza is the one I make. I'm Italian, and I... <laughs> My pizza is as good as anyone's. <laughs> I never go out for pizza. Well, I'm going to have to come to your house for some pizza then. <laughs> Thank you, Judy. I really appreciate it. This has been a delight. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> That concludes the first episode of the Hammer Podcast. I hope you learned a lot about the CPC process and hopefully were inspired um, with some ideas on what you can do to apply for money and to bring an exciting project to your neighborhood and the Framingham community. If you want to reach the CPC, um, you can email them at cpc at framinghamma.gov. You can also visit the Framingham website, framinghamma.gov, and search for Community Preservation Committee to find all of their information from applications, um, previously submitted projects, and meeting minutes to learn what they're discussing. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Hammer Podcast so you never miss out on future conversations. And we have quite a lineup coming up in the months ahead. Uh, You'll find the Hammer on all the players where you can find podcasts from Apple Music to Stitcher to Spotify um, and everything in between. So remember, stay informed, stay engaged. And remember, believe in Framingham. See you next week.